0: What do you know about what we've talked about in the past? We've talked about God's word. What do you know about what is worship that God that God wants? Think about Isaiah. Think about think about uh, some of the gospels. Think about James. What is the what is the worship that God desires? That God approves of? Name some stuff. Spiritual act of worship. Okay. Examples of that. What, and what, Not doing what you want to do and do what God wants you to do. Okay, to offer your body as a living sacrifice. You don't have to go kill yourself. Right? As you live, offering your body as a living sacrifice and in, in, in what way? What, what must that sacrifice, what must your body be, what must you be, do in order to be offered? Take care of Okay. You're, you're back to Isaiah and you're to Matthew and you're to James yeah but we're supposed to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world right I mean God doesn't want us doing whatever we want to do and then throwing up and saying God here's my worship how does God feel about that what is that that's kind of what was going on in Isaiah, right? Selfishness. Selfishness. And, and when they were gonna have a, a fast, who was supposed to fast? When they were gonna have a Sabbath, who was supposed to Sabbath? The Jews. The Jews. So what were the Jews doing in Isaiah? What was the complaint? They were willing to draw close to God, but they were still angry with their fellow Jews. That's, and if they had servants, what were they making servants do? Work. Work, and, and take, up, take up the slack with the people who weren't working. That's not what God wants. God wants us to look at what our lives are and offer them in totality to him. And in a way that's pure. But now, Ananias and Sapphira died. It wasn't that awful. Do you remember in the the New Testament? They went out and sold some property. And then they went in and handed the money. And then what happened? They lied. They lied. And then they died. And that seemed kind of stark and kind of of coarse and kind of unloving and not a lot of grace involved. But what did they do? Who did they lie to? lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Well, it's apparently very serious when you lie to the Holy Spirit. I mean, like, is that even possible? How, how can you lie to a part of the omniscient, omnipresent being? But they, they did. They thought they could. They it's thought they could lie. keep a secret. What? It's easy to, lie to you just can't get away with that's it. That's right. There, because it can't be done, because because the spirit, because God knows the truth, and He knows the truth about what's going on in our hearts and our minds and in our lives. We do, there's not this separation between us and God. Why not? We kind of live like there is. Like I'm not the way, but He seems to be the best. You know. but but why isn't that possible? What? Why? Okay, because he's omniscient, but, but why else? If you're a believer, there's a part of God that lives in you, there's part of God that's with you. Whenever you're planning to do these, whatever things they are, you're planning with God there. But we act like that's not the case. We act like God's in heaven and we're here and. He set the earth in motion, and he's not really looking. Well, that's what—that's what, that's what the, is in the song about. Um, what's her name? She sang the rose. Matt Midler mm-hmm. sang the song about God's looking, but but at a distance. That's the song. At a distance. God is watching from a distance. From a distance. Exactly wrong. God's not watching from a distance, he's watching from the perspective of out your eyeballs. He's in you. He's there with you as you do stuff, as you think stuff. So when you lie to yourself, you're lying to the Holy Spirit? Kinda. Of. Mm-hmm. You think you are? You'd be in denial about it, but you're lying. So what is what is real worship? Is worship only what we do when we come together and we praise the Lord and we, and we tell him that we understand who we are before him? Is that, is that the only worship there is? Worship is everything you do. You're either worshiping God or you're worshiping something not God. And, and the most of our lives is spent not in this room, but out someplace else. And most of our opportunity to worship comes after we walk out that door. And how do we worship? In spirit and in truth. Okay. We have to. We have to sort of be aware, and we have to be real about it. And what is worship? Worship is taking care of widows and orphans in their distress. Your actions and giving and doing. For other people, not grabbing and taking. Giving and doing. That's how you worship. You worship by serving. You don't worship by taking. You don't worship by giving. But when you do get, is there something wrong with getting? Is there anything wrong with getting? Oh, the Lord loves to give good gifts. The Lord loves to give. In fact, every good and perfect gift comes from where? from God. But now, what is a good and perfect gift? Can you name some stuff in your life that's been a good and perfect gift? Don't be afraid. Grace. Say again? Grace. Grace. Okay, yes. That's, man, nobody else can give that. Which I have to then bestow on someone else. Or what? Exactly and God's giving you grace and if you don't turn around and give grace, where does your grace go? Your forgiveness, where does it go? Away. you don't have it anymore. That's, that's kind of scary but it's real. Now I ask a question what are what's a good and perfect gift? There's not there's more than just one. Name some good and perfect gifts in your life. I just walked out of frame. What? I said, God bless me with a wonderful father. Okay. And nobody else could have given you that father. A good and perfect gift. Right? Yeah, and he loved me unconditionally. Right. Right. Some people can say the same thing about their spouses. Like kids. Some people can say the same things about. Eventually, your kids get there too. <laughs> I got to say. They're not good and perfect gifts when you get them. I mean, okay, when they're first born, they're cute and pretty and, and everything, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know. And it's that way for a long time. But, but but then they become good and perfect gifts. They can. What about, have you ever been in a time in your life and found Courage and strength from some place that you don't know where? Every moment. That is a good and perfect gift. And it's a gift that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. What about uh what about patience? You know what to do about patience, right? You don't ask for it. Don't ask for it. But you know what patience? Patience is a what? Is it a gift of the spirit or a fruit of the spirit? Yes. yes. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. There are fruits of the Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you've got these things in your life and you've got them all. Some people think, well, I got this one, this one, but I'll have that one. No, if you have the, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you and you've got the fruits of the Spirit, you have them all. Access them. They're, they're all there. If you think you don't have, then you've only got part of the Spirit. What? That's not how God works. God doesn't give himself in a limited fashion to us. God doesn't fill us with a part of the Spirit. He gives us the whole Spirit. What does he expect in return? Use it. Use it. And does he expect a part of you? (laughs) He expects all of you. He deserves all of you. He deserves all of you. I will say this, it is a process. It is the process of becoming sanctified. It's the process of moving away from being like everybody else in the world to being one of God's children. There's a process and you die to yourself more and more every day in the process of becoming sanctified, in the process of becoming set apart, in the process of becoming holy, You learn how to let go of the stuff that you want and give in to what God is trying to give you and what he wants you to be and do. What I'm talking about is sort of a continuation of everything we talked about earlier today. I'm sorry that a couple of you weren't here for that, but this is where we're going as a church. This is where we're going as individuals. We are learning how to be less about the things that we think we want and the things that we think we need and the expectations that we have. And we go to God first and say, okay, God, I have like, like when I had cancer. God, I've got cancer. My doctor looked at me in the face and said, this can kill you. And I I went to God and I said, I don't know where we're going, (coughs) but I'm going to go with you on this. We have to go to God first in all things and figure out what he's trying to teach us, what he's trying to show us, who he's trying to make us into. That is a big round discussion about worship. And it's still not hitting everything. There's a lot more to worship than that. We have a lot more to talk about. Let's pray. Would you pray? Yes. Our precious Heavenly Father, we wish we could say that we seek nothing but your glory and that we want nothing more than to praise you and to worship you. And Lord, we want that to be true. Please help us to die more to ourselves and to live for you help us diminish so that you can become more fill us with your spirit with your spirit so that we can turn around and pour it out to other people who need it to worship you by how we live and not just by what we say thank you for the gift of the spirit thank you for the work that it is doing in us and the work that it will do We give you all the glory and all the praise. It is in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I want to get a consensus here. When When it's time to pray,